Sunday, October 28th, and like Voldemort at the end of Goblet of Fire. Oh no, fuck. Oh, I fucked it up. It was the fifth one, not the fourth <laughs> one. No! Oh. I was going to do the scene, you know, when Fudge is like, he's back. I was going to be like, we're back. But I fucked it all up. Oh, never mind. Now I can't do it. It just won't be the same. Maybe I still can. All right. I'll try one more time. The magic's gone. <laughs> the magic's oh, gone. Man. That's great. I, oh, oh, my God. I feel like such a muggle. <laughs> all right. We're just going to roll with that. That was good enough. That, that, that's about as good as it's going to get for today, I think. Um, but we are back for another episode of Dads Talking Dads with all three of us. That's, that's the exciting thing is, is that uh, the trio is back together again. The Deathly Hallows, um, if you will. Yeah, oh my God. that's right. That's right. I'm the resurrection stone for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It just speaks to you. Yeah, it does. It really does. No, I, I, I have this theory that Facebook is the resurrection stone, but we can get into that at a later date. Oh um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we, we are back. Um the season is has been over for a few weeks. This is our long overdue season review episodes. We're just going to give out some awards, go over a little tiny bit of news um, first, but uh, but then we'll go over some of our awards and, and thoughts on the season. Uh, baseball is still going, though, even though the Padres are not involved. It is the World Series. Uh, game 5 is tonight. Uh, unfortunately... Uh, as Tony put in the show notes, we are in a ra- uh, possibly the darkest timeline uh, because the, Do- the Dodgers are in the World Series for, this is the second year in a row, right? They, they were in the World Series last year, right? Okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember if it was NLCS or World Series. I just couldn't even remember. Um, so yeah, two years in a row. Uh, luckily, though, they're, they're down uh, three games to one to the Red Sox. Uh, Tony, I know you've, I think, probably watched the most. I think you and Joel have definitely watched more than me because I haven't watched any. Um, it's just been a lot of stat watching, unfortunately. Uh, I'm just having trouble getting into this one. But, uh, but, but Tony, what have, what have your, been your takeaways from the World Series so far? Um, I would say the biggest takeaway is the Red Sox are really, really good. Like, they are insanely talented. Yeah, it's I I mean 108 wins. Uh they 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 got that for a reason and they've got yeah, just an, an insane offensive team. Um and the fact that David Price has been able to show up uh at this moment in the playoffs has has been incredibly beneficial to them. Um what uh I Joel, I think you watched the game last night, right? Yeah, that was incredible. I mean, they uh... Cuz you got to watch the meltdown. Yeah, I mean, I saw it, so I fired up the, the game, uh, I started watching right when, uh, it was, I think it was Freeze got hit, uh, and, you know, had a free base, and then uh, they subbed in a pinch runner, and then uh, after that, that was when the Dodgers started to look like they were going to take the game away. Uh, Puig hit that three-run shot to put it up uh, four to nothing, and it was looking pretty dire, because, I mean, it was, you know, mid to late innings already, it was the sixth inning, I believe, uh, and, I mean, I was just floored by how the Sox turned it around in in three innings they put up nine runs that was just insane uh I mean a lot of that I think can be put on Dave Roberts uh some interesting 
uh, I'll, I'll call it interesting decisions that he made with um, with Rich Hill pitching the way he was, and then to decide to turn it over to the bullpen, uh, and who he turned it over to in the bullpen, it was it was an odd game. But I mean, that doesn't take away from what the Red Sox did at all. They, I, they, I mean, they like Tony said, they're scary good. They're a really really good team. Um, it's just really top notch analysis right here. But <laughs> like, no, I mean that, it's. You know, what can be said that hasn't already been said, I feel like, to a certain extent. Like, I just don't know what you do, because they're a team that's, like, ridiculously patient to the point of, like, I, I don't know if you you guys both play the show, but I know one of the main strategies is, like, just don't swing at anything until you get two strikes and then start working the at-bat. I feel like that's what they're doing, but in real life, and, like, they just don't care. It doesn't phase them. They'll get down two strikes, uh, you know they'll get deep in the hole in an at-bat and it just doesn't phase them at all and they stick with it and they'll turn it into a walk and wear out the pitcher or they'll, you know, they'll wait and they'll get their pitch and they'll they'll capitalize on it almost every time. It's just, I don't know how you handle a team like that. I, I think you just have to overpower them with incredible pitching and that's something the Dodgers do not have right now. So I don't, I don't really see a way that they turn this around unless they can just out-slug them, you know, uh, all of the, the Astros against the Dodgers last year. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's looking like there's a glimmer of hope for us, uh, in the, uh, Dodger haters club, which is hopefully a lot of our listening audience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is music to my ears. Uh, they've done a great job of not showing up. I mean, you know, that, that Max Muncie, um, he's been pretty clutch this year. I, I, you know, there's, there's no denying that as much as, uh, as much as I dislike the Dodgers, you can't really deny that, but yeah. it's been, uh, it's, it's really nice seeing them get to two straight World Series and uh, not perform well uh, in both of them. Not to you know, not to jinx it. I, uh, I'll knock on wood somewhere. There you go. Thank you. I like looked around. I'm like, oh crap, nothing, nothing wooden nearby me. Um, but 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 that is nice to see. And that actually brings uh, brings me into um, kind of looking back at last week's episode. I know you guys were talking about your dream free agents, um, who you would like to see the Padres sign. And, uh, so I was, I was kind of looking around and seeing who was, uh, upcoming free agents and potential free agents. And our talk about the Dodgers, uh, got me thinking of who my dream free agent is. Uh, and so this guy plays for the Dodgers. He has a, uh, player opt out after this season is over. Um, and he is, he is a very good player. Uh, no way. <laughs> no so, way. So Don't Clayton Kershaw, down. Clayton Kershaw has a has a player opt out after the season, and it would just be wonderful for him. It, this is my dream, and in, in my dream, he he opts out, and he's like, "I'm tired of just getting to the World Series and not winning. I want to be on a true contender." <laughs> the Padres oh are God. the future. I'm signing oh with them. God. He signs a five-year, like, $160 million contract. <laughs> and we're like, listen, if Verlander could figure it out, like, Ver- you remember Verlander, like, sucked for a couple years, and then he, like, kind of just figured it out again? I'm pretty sure Balsley could, like, extend Clayton Kershaw being amazing until he's, like, at least 37. Uh, and so he'll be the ace of our staff as we, as we come into our greatest. He'll basically be our Verlander, but just a few years younger. Uh, and then we'll start, you know, 
the, the, in the dream as well, we, we come up against the Dodgers in the ALCS in a couple of years, and then he pitches game seven and throws like a complete game shutout, and then wow. everyone goes on the field, and, and we're all, you know, jumping up and down, and they do the post game, and there's champagne everywhere, and then he's the World Series MVP, and then he goes into the World and then he goes into the Hall of Fame as a Padre, and the Dodgers drown in their tears. This is my dream. I think my favorite wow. part of that dream is that the Dodgers <laughs> and the Padres would somehow be in the AL. Yeah, oh wait! Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, no, no. This is this is also part of the dream. Is after a while they're like, "All right, we're gonna move around people again." Interleague play. We're leaving this dump. We move to the AL. The uh, the A's and the who? Well, actually, no. You know, we're just gonna make the AL all California. So, is the Rangers? (laughs) Aren't the Rangers in the AL West? There's no reason for them to be there. Move them to the Central. Um. Who else can who else can get out of there? That's not a Mariners. Uh, yeah, there we go. Ma- sorry, sorry, uh, uh, Better Cup Bros, but um, <laughs> you guys are you know what? You're moving back to the NL. It's a return, so that's perfectly fine. Um, they used to be NL West, and and now we're in the AL. So that that was why I said that. In case you guys were wondering, I didn't say oh, that about the dream, but it did happen. Wow, I thought my Machado talk last week was Crazy Town, and that just you just blew up crazy town. And you're the sole inhabitant now, which is fortunate because your Machado. Takes I just ran for mayor poorly with all of his. Oh, oh yeah, I, I was going to say I feel like I need to retcon my pick a little bit and just. You're oh, like, never mind. I'm bag. Corbin too. Yeah, Patrick Corbin. <laughs> yes, that, I, I believe that's what I said. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. From my memory, yeah, yeah, it was Patrick Corbin. And Joel sure. was like, "Hey, this Machado kid." And I was this like, Machado, mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Alternative facts. Check the I'm, here. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, moving on into the news, uh, another guy who's uh, going to be a free agent of sorts uh, next season is our now former bench coach, uh, Mark McGuire, who said he is uh, not returning in 2019. He's going to take some time off. Uh, spend time with family, so he's not leaving us to go join the Giants coaching staff or the Dodgers coaching staff. So that's that's nice, at least. Yeah, I feel like that's usually what happens. You know, there's like an exodus every few years, and they just go to our division rivals. Um, so he's just taking time off, and he's he's with his family. Uh, Joel, what did, what um, did did you like Mark McGuire? Did you feel like he had a a presence uh, on this team, a positive effect? Uh, it didn't really seem like he made, I mean, if he made an impact, and I'm sure he made some sort of value add to the team, but it, I, I think it was mostly behind the scenes. Um, he was kind of a, it's funny cause you know, he's, he's getting up there, but, um, his presence is kind of an enforcer when we had some of those benches clearing altercations <laughs> in the past, like that, that always cracks me up. Uh, and then a fun fact about Mark McGuire that always gives me a bit of a soft spot for him, but he went to uh, Damien high school, um, that's the uh, the same high school. It's a Catholic boys' high school. That's the same high school that my dad went to. I think he was a freshman when Mark McGuire was a senior. But yeah, it's kind of interesting, and it's something that's always sort of endeared me to Mark McGuire all through those. Ah. Yeah, through the home run chase, you know, the between him and Sammy Sosa, and yeah, when he came on to the Padres, I was like, oh, cool, Mark McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little sad to see him go, but yeah, I didn't notice much of uh, uh, you know an impact. I mean, Stairs was the official hitting coach. I don't know if like. McGuire was sort of an unofficial or like an assistant hitting coach. Uh, I, I don't pay too much attention that deep into the, the coaching staff, but 
Yeah, I, you know, I'd be sad to see him go. Is it like a hiatus, or is he just like done? Like he's gonna leave baseball to take some time. I'm not sure. I I I don't know if they if uh, if he, if he got too far into it. I know he was taking 2019 off. Tony, did you hear anything um, about that or? or uh... Yeah. No, I haven't really uh, read into it since the initial news broke, but when the initial news broke, it was just that he was taking time off and immediately cited wanting to spend more time with his family. So in my mind, that probably sounds like a hiatus. I would be shocked if he didn't return to baseball in some form or fashion, uh, one way or another in a few years. And uh, just to spare us the heartbreak now, he's probably going to go to a really good team. He'll be like a weird assistant assistant to the hitting coach or something and just win a ring for standing around in the dugout or something like, oh, cool. And it'll probably be the Cardinals. Yeah, probably. Our other hated team. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Joel's triggered. Yeah, I really am. It's my least favorite thing about Mark McGuire is he played for the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, man, I know. What, what sucks even more is that their uniforms are so nice. I hate it so much. I hate how good their uniforms look. They've always looked good. It's so frustrating. Yeah, they've got... Why can't we be the pretty girl? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. It's funny, too, because like, they've got like a classic uniform that like you don't need to change, and I feel like that's sort of what the Padres went for, but it's not their thing like it's not their uniform it's not their history so it just looks kind of cheap you know it's i don't i don't know it's weird you would think it would work yeah. just like on the surface but it's just bleh. yeah technical term by the it's, way it's very bleh. yeah bleh. That, that is the perfect term <laughs> well it yeah it, it's it too often seems like we're trying to do that or that we're trying to mimic it's like oh we took a part of this team's you know, logo style, and now oh, we kind of you know retrofitted it to ours, and this is our new classic forever that will change in a few years logo uh, or uniform setup. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I as far as Mark McGuire, I, yeah, I'm I'm I I always thought he had a positive impact. I feel like just because he's like such a good hitter and is able to. I would assume, you know, to uh, kind of explain hitting well, because even before, I mean, I, you know, in 98 and, and, and a little bit after that, his batting average dropped off a lot. But before that, um, you know, he was a big power hitter, but, but, but he was still a decent average guy. So it seemed like he, you know, definitely had an, had an, an idea of how to hit. But, but again, I, I'm not sure exactly what the real impact was. I know uh, there's some thought that with, you know, the more... Um, Spanish-speaking players that we have in the organization, maybe they want someone you know who's, who's bilingual, which totally makes sense. Like I, 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 I could totally see that being a, um, a positive thing. So I don't know. We're going to see some coaching vacancies, and um, it'll be interesting to see who who fills them. So, uh, but we'll move on to the discussion. Well, before uh, we do that, oh, I, yes. I was thinking we might want to don our tinfoil hats if you guys don't mind. Oh yes, I love doing this. <laughs> I'm always wearing mine. <laughs> Out of boy, Tony. Uh, so, <laughs> consider this. Perhaps Matt Stairs and Mark McGuire were facing similar scenarios and were being pushed out. With the difference being that Matt Stairs may have been something of a dick in the locker room or in the front office. 
And then Mark McGuire was more of a company man and was, you know, endearing himself to the front office and the owner and all that. So Matt Stairs unceremoniously fired at the start of the offseason, and Mark McGuire is given the choice to take some time off and spend time with his family and uh, in a move to try to preserve his reputation and perhaps secure a uh, more, what's the word, prestigious coaching position down the line. I could totally. Would, oh, feel you go, Tony. <laughs> I was gonna say that would really suck. I did not even think of that at all. But uh, that's uh, kind of we talked about it a little bit last week, Joel. Where it's like we don't really know the impact that coaches have on players day to day because we're not. You, we just don't have that access. Right. A lot of it is kind of hearsay from reporters that are in the locker room and the dugout and on the field, or just kind of what you can see from glimpses of gameplay where like players are screwing around in the dugout maybe they're talking to coaches or whatever but uh, it's hard to tell even if one of them did have an abrasive personality like if Matt Stairs did have an abrasive personality it's hard for us to be able to see that I mean I have no idea I haven't heard anything like that but it also seems like something that wouldn't come out until it was too late like when um, who's the Cardinals manager that was fired mid-year Oh, Mike Matheny. Matheny? Yeah. Yeah, when Matheny was fired, we had these terrible reports come out about how he ran his locker room and the bullpen specifically, and you're just like, ooh, yikes, I can see how that guy would get out of here. So maybe it's that kind of scenario, but I would be really disappointed if that was the case because that would suck. I mean, I'd like to think that all of our guys are even keeled, especially because we know Balsley is like that. He's like the most patient coach around. So I would like to think that that kind of attitude permeates the whole clubhouse, but... Uh, the tinfoil on my head tells me otherwise. Tells me that Matt Stairs was abusive to the players. <laughs> oh man! Um, and Big Mac turned a blind eye. <laughs> well, it's clearly that Ron Fowler is a reptilian, and he's you know using chemtrails to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to brainwash Mark McGuire and Matt Stairs to leave. <laughs> no, that that is. That is a um, depressingly interesting idea. Just I mean, you know, is same same as kind of what Tony was saying. I, I just don't want that to be the case, you know. But that does make sense because I mean, really, how often do you hear guys taking time off to spend time with their family? And not that they shouldn't. I think that should be maybe a more common thing, you know. Um, like it seems like coaches and assistant coaches and players like. It, I mean, obviously, it's just kind of a part of the job, but like. That might be a healthy thing to, you know, go hang with your family sometimes. Um, this is, of course, dads talking dads. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I could see that being the case. And, and I mean, as I think Stairs, we, we've kind of gotten a, a hint of his personality from, like, his career. And not that I mean, like, he's a dick, but just that he's kind of a colorful guy. Yeah. Um, and he seems like the kind of guy who's who... who kind of uh not that he's not open to change but but uh, he, yeah he's not going to like go out of his way to tow the company line like you were saying joel um so i i could see that being a possibility it's 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 definitely an interesting conspiracy theory so that's what makes I, it a great tinfoil hat theory i think is i that know it's, it's plausible I know. it's very There's absolutely mm-hmm. no evidence to corroborate it one way or the other it's perfect <laughs> yeah yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I mean, 
you know, uh, uh, Stairs was kind of, uh, I, I gotta go find the interview again, but, but I know he did an interview, like, pretty soon after, after he was fired, and he didn't seem too happy with the organization, which, I mean, obviously, he just got fired, but, um, but it doesn't seem like it kind of came out of the blue. Um, that was, yeah, that was, that was a good one. I like that. I like that. Uh, so we'll yeah again and again we'll you know we'll we'll see it, it'll be interesting who they fill the spots with I know they they said they're going to look at internal candidates so maybe some of the guys from the minors who have who have helped these uh, these young guys progress so um, it'll be interesting to see but uh, we're going to move on to our end of season review uh, we're going to start off with giving out some awards to players and uh, finishing it off with just some of our final thoughts on the season and some of what we're looking forward to next season. Um, and I will have, uh, I'm going to have Tony start off with the first award. <gasps> Sorry, I didn't say I was going to, you know, uh, you know, it's like the Emmys now. We're going to have other people, you know, some people present it, other people take the award. It's, it's exciting. Oh, I'm so honored to present this first award, especially because I will be honest, for the past couple minutes, I have been completely spaced out thinking about Clayton Kershaw as a Padre. That's just... <laughs> that, Chasing the dragon. I, I still... I'm trying to visualize him in the uniform, and I'm just getting this, this error code in my mind. It's just, uh, just oh, man. completely breaking. And then I started thinking of a certain Padre that has Petco Park tattooed on him, and I started thinking about this epic chess piece on Clayton <laughs> Kershaw that he reveals by ripping his jersey in half in the World Series. Anyway, the tinfoil was ablaze. Oh, but man. <laughs> serves as a good segue into our first award. So we, on Dads Talking Dads, do not like the traditional names. Some would say this is the Team MVP award, and that is boring, and we're avoiding it. So this one is the way to go, champ award using your best dad voice way to go champ and my way to go champ award goes to Fernando Reyes and I don't even know how much I need to elaborate on it I feel like we've gushed over the guy week after week after week but that's for good reason uh, he's incredible I think he has really put it together this year uh, the only thing I'll kind of talk about here is he ended the year with uh, 129 WRC+, plus, which means he is 29% better than league average. Uh, pretty good. He hit 16 home runs in the MLB this year, and he also hit 16 when he was down at AAA. So I think the power is legitimate. I think he's legitimate, and he's 23 years old, which is pretty incredible. What about you guys? Boy, I really uh, like the pick. Um, Framel Reyes, I, I'm a little jealous because I wanted to pick him too. Uh, really excited about uh, the potential that he's shown throughout the year. I mean, like you said, 129 WRC plus is, is fantastic for you know a 23 year old rookie. Um, I got I got to talk about his downside a little bit. No, you know we know he's he's kind of a slower uh, player. Too many chains. Yeah, too many chains. Exactly, he's way down. Um, so, yeah, defense is a bit of a liability. In, in uh, Johnny's fever dream where the Padres and the Dodgers end up in the AL, uh, that would be a wonderful <laughs> DH. <laughs> that 
But as it stands now, I, I think he might need Oh, shit, you're right. Bit. That would solve so many problems. Right? That would solve all the problems. <laughs> Just move this to the This is a great dream. we start lobbying for it. We'll get Fran will have DH. It'll be great. That's the reason why he's so bad in the postseason. You know, he has to go up the bat. Oh, my God. <laughs> But no, as it stands right now with the NL Padres, uh, I think maybe he needs to look into uh, maybe trimming down perhaps the expenses a little bit of that power. I think he's still got plenty of, of pop to get the ball out of the yard, um, it, you know, but with a potential benefit of being a little bit more uh, spry out there in the outfield to, to be more of a, a plus defender, uh, potentially. Because, uh, I mean, we know he's no Franchi Cordero. He, he's got all the pop of Cordero, but none of the speed, so... Uh, not to bring us down, though. I mean, he's, he's a wonderful MVP selection. But mine, good segue there, just, just roll right into it. Uh, I, I think my uh, way to go champ award, put her there, I will say uh, Joey Lucchese. And to, to lean on my favorite sports talk cliche, here's a guy who came in. <laughs> the Let me tell you something about this guy. Due to injuries. Uh, due to injuries to the starting rotation, uh, he was not expected to to make his debut that early in the season, and he ran with it. Um, he had a, I actually was able. I think he was the opener, uh, if not the like the second day starter. It might have been the second game of the season, but I, I had the privilege of seeing his first start, uh, and he did really well for. Uh, I mean, especially considering he was a rookie making his debut, and you know he still had some of that opening day atmosphere going on uh, at Petco Park. Uh, just. He's super impressed, and he just continued to impress throughout the year. I think he had an injury, so he had a stint on the DL and was able to just bounce right back and pick up right where he left off. Um, get into his stats a little bit here. Uh, let's see. No, that's his batting average. Let's get his pitching stats. So, yeah, we've got 145 strikeouts. I, my bold prediction for him was 150, and he nearly uh, made me look really good with my bold prediction. Um, over 130 innings pitched, 4.08 ERA. I mean, it, we're still the Padres, but that's that's pretty solid for you know again a young rookie who was kind of thrust into this this role he wasn't expecting. Um, and then a 1.29 WHIP, uh, 1.6 home runs per nine, something to work on for sure. And then 10 strikeouts per nine innings. This is a guy who um, <laughs> here's a guy uh, who I don't think I said this a couple of times in the past. I don't think we want him to be at the top of our rotation. I think ideally we want him to be like number three or four. Um, but super impressed with Joey Lucchese, and he's going to be my pick for MVP for the 2018 season. I love it. Um, I'm trying. Oh my god, I I don't know. I, all Keegan does is like watch YouTube on this thing, but this is the slowest fucking MacBook I have ever like. <laughs> I don't. I'm. I have three things open. This thing's like two years old. It can't. It can't handle three things being open. This. This is. It's not the computer. There's got to be like something on here and or. <coughs> it's killing him. LimeWire is killing him. You have to close LimeWire. Um. Ari, what's up? <laughs> you don't want to say hi, you just want to click? You want to talk into that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You don't want to talk into it? No. 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 What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What does this white one do? What does this red light do? It lets me know it's it, on. Is Clayton Kershaw possible? Tell us, is it possible? We got plastic. We got a...
Are we gonna get Clayton Kershaw? She shook her head. What the? That's messed up. Oh, no. Yeah, Ari. Come on, <laughs> leave, Ari. All right. She's a realist. Hang on, I'm trying to get my uh, trying to get the stats up. Whoa! You know what? We might need to find your mom. I don't think she knows you're out here. Mama, I don't want it. Oh, I got my hoodie. You got your hoodie. Why don't you go find mama? I got my pockets. You got your pockets. You wow. Got, you don't have pockets. I don't have pockets. You have one right here. Okay. I do have pockets. You're right. <laughs> I, I have two pockets. You have two pockets? Wow. Do you want to go show mommy your two pockets? Uh, go say, mommy, look, I got two pockets. Can I put toys in them? Why don't you go pick her a flower and then give it to her? Look, there's flowers right here. Purple flowers. Yeah, why don't you grab a couple flowers and give them to mommy? There we go. Alright. Distraction. It's the key. <laughs> that buildup is going to be epic when you know oh, man. Jose Carlos. <laughs> yeah, For being the daughter. tank commander. Um, no, there we go. All right, I was finally able to uh, <clears throat> bring it up. I was trying to bring up, uh, I was trying to see when they called up Lucchese, because I thought it was, and, and not to, you know, contradict you or, 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 or be a jerk or anything, I was just fact-checking. I thought it was a little later, but it might have honestly been, like, the first or second week of the season. Um, huh? Oh, <laughs> right, clear the benches. Was it, was it, oh, wait, oh, seriously, it was that early? I thought it was later for some reason. It was. Yeah, oh it was my March, lord! It was like March thirty first that he. he wow. That's right. Yeah. You were. Oh, I'm sorry. Back. I doubted you, Joel. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never went back. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um. So my team MVP um is uh Kirby Yates. Uh, uh is Kirby's Dreamland. Isn't that his nickname that we gave him? Right. Oh my god, did we? I didn't know that. That's a great nickname, yeah, though. Yeah, Trump's anything we made. Oh, okay. okay. Because that's the name of the game, right? I, I just have, <laughs> I did not play much GameCube, or I never had an N64 or anything like that. I got that. a flower for my mommy. So, you got a flower for mommy? And look, it's the yeah, same color yeah, as your sweater. What do you know about that? Um, Alright, go give it to her. Tell her it's from me. After consulting the database, I can confirm that All we right. have not added that in, but it is Sweet. currently going to be added. Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's that's Dreamland. what we should call a bullpen from now on. Oh man! Oh I my God, it. that's even better. Um, but but yeah, he is my he is my team MVP for a few reasons. Uh, one, he was our best bullpen arm. Uh, he had an ERA under one until I think around the All Star game. It was like .97 for the longest time. He ended with a 2.14 ERA, which is still fantastic. Um, 90 Ks in 63 innings, and um, but but he's also my team. He he is quite literally, I think, our most valuable player because he's the player that I think we could get the most on the trade market for. Because I mean, probably we. I mean, we'll we'll more than likely trade mm -hmm. him next season. Uh, I would assume or. I guess I think next season, it's either next season or the season after is his last year 
um, on his contract. Uh, so I would expect, actually, I might be totally wrong on that. I'll have to double check that. Um, <clears throat> cause I forget, cause I know we've got like random guys in the bullpen that are like, uh, under team control for quite a while. And he honestly might be one of them. Um, but obviously, I mean, he, he is our most valuable bullpen arm, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's already 31. Not that that's super old for a reliever, reliever, but, um, he is, you know, probably in the prime of his uh, of his pitching right now. So it'd be the best time to trade him away. So for a the success he had as the closer after we traded Brad Hand, and b for his literal trade value, uh, Kirby Yates is my most valuable player for the 2018 season. Um, let's see here. Thank you, thank you. Oh, it's a good pick. My notes closed out. Yeah, dude, that ERA plus is ridiculous. One eighty. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's nuts. Oh wait, no, I think it was. What did I say? Two one. It says two one four on Baseball Reference, but I'll have to double check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, oh. yeah, it might be as. I don't know. Oh, you no, oh not, ERA plus ERA is ERA plus one eighty. One hundred and eighty. I I still have to get. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm still, like, with some of the, the newer stats, uh, uh, full disclosure, not super stat-heavy personally. But not that I think they're all dumb. I just, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like What's this stuff. Is? Oh, man, defensive, you know, defensive stats totally over my head. Um, yes? I'd like to add, I'd like to add for uh, Yates that I love his attitude on the mound. You can tell he genuinely wants to kick all the ass when he's out there. And I personally love when there's some emotion in the game. I mean, there's a fine line and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But, uh, I do love seeing Yates on the mound. He fights for every out and when he gets it, you can tell he uh, is really excited about it. And I think with his age and his position in the bullpen where he is the leader of the bullpen, uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see him kind of mold these young guys to have some attitude when they come out and be really proud of what they're bringing to the team. And I think you can already see that in a player that we'll talk Tony about later. <laughs> um, Joel, would you like to take the take the uh, or present the second award? Uh, absolutely. Okay, so this award, uh, in a more traditional setting, uh, might be considered the least valuable player. Uh, but we like to call it the uh, it, true dad's talking dad spirit. Though we're not mad, we're just disappointed. <laughs> award. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna go with a guy that um, I think probably a lot of Padres fans have forgotten about, to be honest. But uh, it's somebody that when I saw had joined the team, I I got a little bit excited for him. Um, I thought you know he was gonna maybe put a bit of a charge into this um, kind of a I don't know anemic. Uh, line up and uh, you know teach the guys to play the right way having come from a really solid team um, that's going to be Matt Caesar um, he was a guy who played uh, you know a utility role on a, a world champion Cubs team uh, and did really well I mean he came up with a lot of clutch hitting and uh, was a pretty good producer for the Cubs and then he got here and just sort of disappeared just sort of rode off into the sunset and I mean he hit 187 uh, in his time with the Padres in 2018, uh, with 265 on base and 267 slugging, Oof. so that's that's oh. pretty ugly. 
Um, so that's, yeah, you know, I'm not mad, uh, but I'm, I'm very disappointed uh, for <clears throat> what we got out of Matt Caesar. Because, you know, it, it seems like that, that happens with a lot of players that come to us from, from really good teams. And it's not like, you, I mean, in the past it's been, you know, we get people way past their prime. So they just end up being, you know, players past their prime. So they just perform like it. You know, Chase Headley is the latest example of that, right? But Matt Caesar was not that guy. You know, he's, uh, he's only 28, so he's still got some time left in him. Uh, it just he just fell off a cliff, so I don't I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, it was disappointing. Not not to, not too pleased with that. You're right. I completely forgot he was on the team. <laughs> I just <laughs> Tony updates our show notes live <laughs> with the, what we discuss, and I just saw <laughs> <Caesar>. <laughs> he made sure to get all the S and C's and D's in there. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the Dimitri Martin joke about spelling banana. This is no one to stop. Oh man! Uh, so I'll I'll pass it over to you, Johnny. Who would be your? Uh, um. Your, your not mad. So I was going to no. hilariously bring up Chase Headley because I was like, I think we all forgot he was on the team, but oh. which I mean, I could I. I could bring that up, but my real one is is a personal I'm disappointed because I was so excited for him to join the team, and that's the elevator, Kaz Makita. Uh, I I was excited that we had two submarine pitchers, but the fact that we had a 36-year-old submariner coming over from Japan who maxed out at like 83 miles an hour, I was like, this is weird. I mean, at the beginning, you, you know, Go back and listen to the early episodes. Please download them and listen to them. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I was really I was really hyped on Kazmakita coming into the season. I thought it was just it was such a weird thing that, <clears throat> and it's just one of those weird gambles that I think uh, AJ likes to take in you know just just uh, when he's able to in the off season, just kind of a low-risk, potentially high-upside deal like that. I was excited for him, uh, but he he had a couple nice outings for a while. He had some crazy home road splits, though. Um, And and I remember we looked at those earlier in the season, and he was, you know, lights out at home and was just getting shelled on the road, I think, uh, if if I remember correctly. Um, I don't know if that continued on. He obviously didn't pitch a ton up in the majors here because – we ended up, you know, optioning him down so often because he just wasn't really getting the job done. So, um, and I think the fact that while he was doing so poorly, Adam Simber was just like lights out, highlighted it even more because it was like, hey, we have one submarine pitcher who is just like killing it and one who cannot strike anyone out or get anyone out. And, um, you know, he, he almost made Brian Mitchell look like a strikeout machine. So oh, I was disappointed. Uh, you worded it pretty well. Yeah. I think uh, we were all excited. I was excited for him, too. I remember at the beginning of the year when you were talking about him, Johnny. I was like, yeah, this could be very weird but very cool. I think it's really interesting when you get someone up there who just throws in the mid-80s but has such great control that still makes hitters look silly. Like, that's really fun. But uh, it just it just did not pan out at all. And with his age, he's almost certainly not going to be back, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I I think he's probably back in Japan next year uh, if if he keeps pitching. Um, 
How about you, Joel? You you already forgot about scissors. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Sorry, I'm so used to passing it off that like I was so so disappointing that Tony already forgot he existed. I I exactly. I'm sorry, but we're disappointed. Oh man. All right. Well, in that case, I'm a good listener. Um... People say I'm the best listener. Tremendous listener. Tremendous. My ears are some of the best ears. <laughs> um, Johnny, we don't speak of him on this podcast. That's true. That's true. I, I, I did one really good... I, I like to do impressions for Danny when we're driving around. I did one really good Trump impression, and I just haven't been able to replicate it since then. Um, and it's just, it's, it's not working out. But I just love to say absurd shit, just even more inane absurd <laughs> shit than, than even he says. Um, so the, 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 the next award, uh, would <clears throat> be considered maybe like a, maybe not a most improved player, but like a, a most surprising player who, who wowed you the most. But, uh, this is the. Oh, 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 so I signed him up. Do oh, we get to Tony's pick for the "We're Not Mad, oh We're my, Just Disappointed" award? Oh my god! Oh, we that was it, why. Right? That was why. God damn it! I meant to pass it off to Tony, and I passed it off to Joel, and then we we all got mixed up. Um, then we roasted you. Then we roasted me, and then I skipped. And then I skipped Tony again and tried to go into the next one. I just I'm I'm giving up hosting duties. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to change my award right now. <clears throat> wow! Yup, <laughs> yup. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> Hang on. I'm, I'm not mad. We're changing my Makita to myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for listeners, the show notes were just updated. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. Uh, Tony, who who are you just <sighs> disappointed in? I feel like it's an easy pick, and I'm not going to rail on it for too long because we've talked about it many, many times already, but it's Hosmer for sure. I, I'm i not even going to go into like the is it worth the contract, blah, blah, blah. I'll just say that I think all of us expected much more from him, and by much more I mean offensive production, even uh, defensive production because although he kind of passes the eye test as a uh, fielder, if you look at defensive metrics, it seems like they're not so kind to him. And, I mean, like you said, Johnny, I'm not a huge stats guy. Like, I'm not, I don't know, I think it's kind of silly to just live by the stats and live by the numbers. Then it's just like, well, why do you even watch the games? You may as well just, like, look up a spreadsheet all day. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I like baseball. But kind of speaking in terms of offense, I mean, how many times have we seen Tomahawk get right into the ground? Joel and I talked about it last week. It's... It, it's really bad. It's really disappointing because he grounds into so many double plays. And it just, not only is he a, like a non-factor on the offense, he actually brings down other players that might get on base, which is just, we have to do better than that. And kind of looking at his war by season, it's a complete roller coaster. Like from positive to negative, positive to negative, and really positive to really negative going from like 3.5 in 2015 to 0.2 in 2016 back up to 4.1 in 2017 that's really crazy and we've talked about it before I don't know how much of a predictor or an indicator of his long-term production that can be but he is definitely my most 
disappointing player this year. And it is made even worse by the fact that he played so much. He's like one of the most healthy players on the team and just could not put it together for a good season. So I think we talked about pre-show. His ending batting average was like just above 250, like 253 or 256 or something. And we just need better than that from him moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, fun. you brought up his ground into double play. I actually have the numbers here. He's the team leader in, in grounding into double plays with 18. Shocker. Oh. The next closest would be Christian Villanueva with 12, so that's good company. <laughs> he narrowly missed this award. <laughs> that first half, I think, outweighs uh, the, yes. the second half, but not, not by much. It's very close. Those, those scales are just barely balanced right now for Villanueva. <laughs> But yeah, that's, I feel that's like I'm the opposite. Ludicrous. I feel like I'm the opposite because, uh, at least with the with the Hosmer and Villanueva, I don't know. I just I just assume that every, you know, free agent hitter that comes here is gonna suck his first season for whatever. It's like it's like us and the Mariners. Another thing we have in common, like free agent hitters come to our teams and then have their worst career year. Like I, it's it's crazy. I don't know why or how it happens. It just—it's like some weird curse or voodoo. It's—it's um, it's very odd. So then I was like, I don't know, maybe he—he he definitely was worse, I think, than I was expecting. But, but I was—I was definitely expecting some regression there. It was disappointing though. It was pretty disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, sniffle. sniffle. Uh, so the next one, now that, now that we've all shared and I'm not skipping anyone, I think, uh, <laughs> this one, What's around the room, right? Anyone else? Ari, do you want to add anything? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this next one, uh, I would be considered the most surprising performance. Um, but this is the, so I signed him up for little league and you'll never believe it, but the little shit's actually good at it. Award uh, for when you didn't expect your 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 child to actually be good at that sport you signed them up for, um, and we'll start with Tony on this one. This one's kind of hard, and uh, part of it was I didn't want to repeat some choices in other categories that may come up later, uh, and I mean there will be a little bit of overlap, but not amongst my own picks. It'll be. Uh, kind of touching on what you guys have already talked about, but I put Jose Castillo here for most surprising performance. And it's not that I thought he would be bad. It's more just, I honestly had no idea who he was before he made his debut and he had an incredible debut and he was so good for so long. There was a stretch of like, I want to say 10 appearances, maybe 11 appearances where he wasn't giving up hits. He had a sub one ERA and we all knew it wasn't going to last, but the fact that it did for so long and the fact that he's so imposing on the mound uh, was, I think, my most surprising performance of the year. And he ended the year uh, really well. I don't have his... Actually, I do have his stats up. So he pitched uh, 38.1 innings pitched with 52 strikeouts over those frames. 3-2-9 ERA. Not bad. Probably could be a touch lower. But overall, uh, I think watching him play, I really like the way he plays. He's very in the zone. He's actually kind of the opposite of what I was talking about earlier with showing emotion on the mound. But it doesn't bother me because I feel like he is in control. 
Uh, he's also super young. I feel like he's 22, maybe 23. So again, another young, exciting piece that could uh, contribute to the team for the next three, four, maybe even five years. So I'm going to give my The Little Shit's Actually Good At It award to Jose Castillo, except I would never say that to his face because he could snap me in half. <laughs> Let's see here. So I think you guys might be a little surprised. I mean, I could be stealing this one from you, Johnny, but I think you guys might be a little surprised with my choice. So this is a guy who has been, and, and rightfully so, but this is a guy who's been railed against pretty heavily by, by us on the podcast and a lot of Padres fans pretty universally reviled for most of the year. And then he uh, he went to the bullpen, and he came back oh out of the God. bullpen no in way. September. <laughs> so in the spirit of the, uh, the little shit's actually pretty good, I'm going to go with Brian Mitchell, in September specifically. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can pull up the splits here, but uh, at least looking at the eye test, I mean, he, he came back out of the bullpen, and he looked like the Brian Mitchell that I think uh, that A.J. Perler saw something in and wanted to bring onto the team as as part of that trade uh, to uh, see if we can't kind of polish the turd, so to speak, for lack of a better metaphor. Um, yeah, I can't seem to pull up his... I'll just look at his season stats. Um, so, yeah, he finished out with... Uh, I mean, if you look at the whole full season, it's, it's not a pretty picture. 5.42 ERA, uh, 38 strikeouts total on the season, and a... Uh, oh. <laughs> it's just fun to go over these numbers again. <laughs> with 100 being an average pitcher by ERA+, plus, Brian Mitchell had a 71, uh, so almost 30% worse oh. than your average uh, pitcher. <laughs> a whip of 1.75. Wow, 10.5 oh. hits per nine innings. That was very oh rough. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's again, I have to restrict it to September, but um, he actually gave us a little bit of hope that he's not just a complete waste of space. Um, and, you know, he might be a, a body to, to hold, you know, a space in the rotation next season until some of these younger guys can come up. So I, I feel like he's a pretty good selection for, again, the spirit of this award. Kind of an unexpected, surprising performance out of, uh, out of old missile Brian Mitchell. <laughs> and in a way, the whole season was kind of a surprise. In the beginning, we were surprised at how bad he was. And then in the end, we were surprised that he was able to turn it around somewhat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Entertaining now that the oh, season's man. over. Not not so much as we were going through it, but yeah, he's yeah. I it was full of surprises. Yeah. It was. It was. It was very. Yeah. I actually have his uh, September games pulled up. So he had four starts in September. Uh, three of those ended up being wins. One of them a loss. He pitched uh, five innings, six innings, five innings, and eight point two innings respectively. Dang. And uh, only one of those games is even remotely close to ugly. The one where they ended up losing, he went five innings and gave up four earned runs. But his first one, five innings, one earned run, uh, three walks, which is always the knock against him. He just walks way too many batters. But on September 11th against Seattle, uh, pitched six innings, only had one earned run. And then his last one where he went 8.2, zero earned runs with three walks and seven strikeouts so he definitely ended the season on a strong note but uh it will be very interesting to see what preller in the front office decide to do with him because the rest of the year was uh real real bad so he got 20 percent of his season-long strikeout total in one start that's incredible (laughs) that that's correct (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) 
It's like the kid who's about to fail the class and then crams for the final and passes. And then convinces the, the teacher, like, hey, let me wash your car for extra credit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that definitely happened. Not to me, but... Um, Somebody. Some, some, someone, somewhere. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, Mitchell, yeah, that is a rather surprising guy. Uh, mine was another bullpen arm. Uh, and it was a guy who it was surprising for me because I hadn't seen much of him before and he was still coming back from an injury. Um, and that was Matt Strom, who had a really good season. He, he had a few starts, but he was mostly in the bullpen. Um, <clears throat> he started, yeah, he, he was appeared in 41 games, but only started in five of them. Um, he had a 205 ERA in 61 and a third innings. Uh, with 69 Ks, and if we want to, you know, throw out some more ERA plus, a 188 ERA plus. Oh, oh eight my. more than Kirby Yates. That's right. He's even more above average. Um, but but I was, I mean, I was, you know, I was surprised because I hadn't seen much of him. I, I definitely didn't watch him at all when he was in Kansas City. Um, you know, of course. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but he did a really good job, not only, you know, coming in in a lot of different spots in the bullpen, but, but spots starting here and there when those injuries were, you know, piling up. So, um, he was, he was my surprise for this season and I'm excited to see him next season as well. So, uh, yeah, any, 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 I don't know, any Matt Strom thoughts or, uh, any, any Matt Strom memories from this season, guys? I do have some thoughts, but I'll save them for later. All right. Um, two. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so the next one, I guess we'll just go in the same roto. Uh, Tony, would you like to take the next award? Yeah, so the next award is very, very well named. And it's the Dad Reflexes Award. Some people may know it as the Golden Glove Award. And I'm going to give this to, I think, the most obvious candidate. I'm very curious to see who you guys pick if you even pick a different person because I think the clear candidate here is uh, Freddie Galvis. So nice to finally have a competent shortstop. And I know the bat isn't there, but the uh, defensive skills definitely are. Uh, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, especially because they're defensive stats. It's going to be really boring to go over it, but uh, he's just great. He made a ton of plays. There were very few where I feel like he whiffed or bobbled it. And then there were a few where you see him trying, you're like, well, most people aren't going to make that. I can't be mad. And then there are a ton where it's just crazy slides, throwing on the ground, throwing from his butt, throwing off balance. Just he makes play after play. And I think he definitely is deserving of the Dad Reflexes Award. I like it. And yeah, he may actually win. <laughs> Sorry, um, uh, he he is uh, he's a finalist as well for the actual uh, Gold Glove at shortstop. So uh, that's right. Very good, yeah, very good pick. Sorry, Joel, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, I, I think Elvis is just hands down the obvious choice there. Uh, I do have a different name, uh, just to keep things interesting, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, Galvis was uh, like just like Tony said. I can't really put it much better than that. Just a breath of fresh air to have. Uh, uh, a true defensive shortstop who's able to, uh, you know, have that kind of range and 
make plays that you, it, it was kind of weird because like you'd recoil seeing the you know a hit go up the middle because uh, you would know you know in two or three seasons past that that that's just an automatic base hit and then you'd see Galvis fly in from you know the viewer's left side of the screen and make the play and it's like oh cool we we've, we've got some defense now this is great so uh, you know hopefully with I, I don't know I feel like it's gonna be kind of a long shot to to keep him around but if we do decide we want to hang on to that kind of defensive um, asset then, you know, I think we've got a pretty potent middle infield uh, on its way in the next, you know, half season to a season. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, Joel, I know you were saying you uh, you have a different name. Who is your uh, dad reflexes man of the year? I'm going to go with the man himself, Man Margot. Uh, boy, it really is hard to, to parse through defensive stats, Tony. You weren't lying. Uh, one of my favorite... Uh, defensive stats though is uh, assists outfield assists are one of my favorite plays in all of baseball oh yeah uh and he mm-hmm. has had a couple it looks like he's said two I'm, I'm making sure i got the right column here it's either two or three it was three he's had three assists nice yeah so uh fantastic i i, I love him he, he you know we know he's a great source of speed we've lamented his uh i, I guess uh shortcomings a bit on the base paths uh, but where that speed does not become a hindrance to, to Man Marco is his range in center field. Um, it's really fun to watch him run down balls out in center, um, making you know beautiful diving plays where necessary. Uh, I've been you know it, it's again whenever we're talking about defense, it, it's usually an eye test sort of thing because nobody who, who really wants to look at you know the fielding percentage numbers and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, Boring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Man Marco definitely passes the eye test. I've been really happy with his production defensively, just from what you know we can see and intuitively understand about the way he's playing the game. Uh, so that's why my choice uh, for uh, the Gold Glove. Again, it's sort of a second place award, really, because Freddie Galvis is so so far in front as the obvious selection. But I'll go with Man Margot to make it interesting. Great yeah, choice. yeah. I, I uh, he was in one of my finalists. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you were right, Tony. I mean, Galvis was definitely my number one, um, but it's, uh, you know, what, what what can be said that hasn't already been said about Freddie G? Uh, we should just call him Gold Glove Galvis. That's his new name. Gold Glove Galvis. Ooh, I know. I hope he wins. I think he's so got he one already, G. but yeah. I hope he wins one with us so we can call him that. He must. Um, mm-hmm. You might say he's going to galvanize our middle infield defense. Oh, yeah, baby. There it is. Oh, yeah, brother. My dad reflexes guy is uh, a man with beautiful flowing locks like an angel. Yeah. It's our boy Travis Dankowski, um, who has been... uh, Man Margot's counterpart. Uh, I know Dan- Dankowski was in left a lot of the season, um, kind of moved around here and there. He's basically uh, one of our fourth outfielders, um, and just did did a did a great job at pretty much every single position. Um, I was able to catch I think three games this season when they when they came and uh, and played the D backs and. Every time, uh, I, I mean, luckily, you know, he was starting every every time that I went um, and just did a great, I mean, every time that a ball was hit his way, it was an easy out for him, and which 
is a sign of you know a, a good outfielder because he's already well positioned and he's already taking the right route to the ball that he's not diving you know uh, for everything he, he's not as Joel uh, may remember he's not a Richie um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, uh, who was who was uh, yeah just the the local little league outfield hot dogger um, and uh, so but but he just he does such a good job that he doesn't uh you know his catches don't sh- end up as web gems or anything like that but it's just because he does such a good job that he's able to you know jog to the ball for the most part um i have to pause for a moment because well two reasons a i really need to pee but also uh i plugged in my computer but it doesn't seem like the outlet out here works so it just hasn't been charging at all and it's at like five percent so i am going to um be right back and figure out where i'm going to move myself but we're going to take okay. a quick break. Sounds good. It's intermission time. If anyone needs a potty break. That actually sounds great. I am <laughs> going to take advantage. Yeah.
<laughs> I don't like it. I've returned. I don't like it. <laughs> what, did you guys hear that? Sorry, James. Yes. I think that was Luke, actually. <laughs> oh, sorry, so Luke. Funny. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I'm doing what oh, I can. That was great. Oh, shit. There's not really a place. Ugh. Oh, I can't even plug in out here. Alright, I'm gonna just have to go inside. That's fine. <laughs> Alex and Keegan share a room. I'm, 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 I'm moving a pile of clothes on my feet right now. Because um, Alex and Keegan share a room, so I'm gonna record in their room, but it's like, as you walk in, there's just like a, a laundry load worth of clothes just on the floor, which is, you know, typical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, you know, mm, teenage debate if I should go grab a beer after Johnny. Oh yeah. I mean, we're almost. I'm going to. We're do it. I'll do it. Right we're almost done. Let's see. Oh. Sometimes if I start with a beer, I'm like too chill. I'm like, all right. Can't be too chill on a podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. That's not good. Now I do coffee. <laughs> Much better. This one's for the nope. ASMR folks. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You've got to get... It's a joke that'll never... you got to get some of your, your gulps when you drink some of that down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, like, breathe into the microphone and, like, s scratch my beard or something. Like, I mean, do you have any honey you can eat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do an extra sassy scenario. <laughs> oh, there's another one. There it is. There it is. <laughs> next award because i think we've all got our yeah we got we all did our dad reflexes uh award and uh the next one joel could you please present it yeah yeah this is an award uh analogous to the Cy young so we're looking for the best starting pitcher uh of the 2018 season and we affectionately dubbed this one the he's the next jake peavy honey get the camera award <laughs> You have to say it with exactly that. Great delivery. Yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, and I think uh, <laughs> I'm going to hand this one off to Tony because he's prepared and I am not because I think he took mine. So I'll, I'll do a little research here while he's working it. Oh, I didn't mean to no, take No, no, it's yours. fine. It's uh, okay. I'm not passive aggressive at all. I... Just go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be in my room. <laughs> Uh, well, while Joel scrambles for a second one, I am going to go ahead and give this award to uh, Joey Lucchese, or Joey Fuego. And uh, Joel mentioned him at the top of the pod, talking about with the Way to Go Champ Award. And I think even more so, I like him for this award, 
And I don't know if I'm ready to call him the next Jake Peavy, but the reason I was so excited to talk about Joey in this category is because if you look at Jake Peavy's first year and you look at Joey Lucchese's first year, eerily similar, very similar stat-wise. It's not a perfect comparison simply because uh, Jake Peavy in his first year in 2002, that is wild. But anyway, in his first year, he pitched 97 Point two innings, and Joey actually ended up doing 130 innings pitched this year. So take that with a little bit of a grain of salt that Joey has a larger sample size going for him. But Jake Peavy in 2002 ended the year with six wins, seven losses, and I know people are going to say like, "Oh, you're going over wins and losses in ERA," but whatever. That's what we're doing here. Uh, ERA of 4.52. He had 33 walks and 90 strikeouts on the year. Not bad. If you look at Joey Lucchese, he went eight wins, nine losses, 4.08 ERA, so almost half a point lower than Jake Peavy, and he had uh, 43 walks with 145 strikeouts. So he actually had a better walk-to-strikeout rate than Jake Peavy in their first year. And I am very excited about Joey Lucchese. I think think you mentioned it, Joel, kind of talking about how in the perfect scenario he is not the number one of this pitching staff. He's the two or three, and he's a really good two or three. And just the fact that this is his first year and he was rushed to the majors, he probably could have gone for another half season, maybe full season in the minors and then come up. But the fact that he came up so quick and uh, did what he did, I am very pleased with it. I think looking forward to next year, if he can bring that ERA down to about mid threes and kind of just keep everything else the same, I would be super happy with that. So for those reasons, I'm going to give the he's the next Jake Peavy, honey, get the camera award to <laughs> Joey Fuego. Oh, man. You know, uh, so I was, I was scrambling there to try to find another pitcher. I can't do it. They're not. They're all inferior to the season that Joey Lucchese had this year as a starter. I'm just going to go ahead and concur with you, Tony, with Joey Lucchese as well. Yeah, I think the only guy I could possibly try it with and 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 it doesn't work because the he's the next jake Peavy because this guy is i think the oldest well one of the oldest guys in our bullpen which is craig stammen uh mm. who tied joey lucchese in wins with eight um while while wow. uh, while pitching out of the bullpen with like a, a in an era in the mid twos um 34 years of age and and having some of his, his best seasons uh, so he is, he is my honorable mention, I think for, for our, he's the next Jake PB get the camera, but it doesn't really work. Um, but, but yeah, my, mine that I initially wrote down was also Joey Fuego, who just, uh, was an absolute bright spot on, on, on the team, uh, this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch more, uh, next year as well. I can't believe Craig Stammen had eight wins. Yeah. Here. That is why. Yeah. Wow. Um, Good for him. Yeah, yeah, Talk yeah. About he, him did. Later. he did well. Oh yeah. Um so the the next award oh no, that's right. We're gonna finish here, right? We did one more. Yes. Alright. So um we are actually gonna make this a two part episode. Uh uh inconceivably we ran a bit long. We ran longer than intended. Um, who what? knew? Who knew? Our 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 wives and uh, uh, significant others never complain about this. Um, yeah, Red Dead is waiting for me, Johnny. That's My true. That's true. Yes, yes, yes. Your one true love, John Marsden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
we are, yeah, we're going to cut this into a two-parter. We've got some more awards um, and just our end-of-season thoughts uh, in, uh, I think we'll record that in a couple weeks. Yeah, do we still want to do recommendations um, for this one, or...? But yeah, yeah, we're definitely we're gonna we're gonna do some recommendations and close out the show, uh, the way that the way that we usually do, um, by screaming, of course. That's, that's how we <laughs> close out. Ever <laughs> just a primal scream. Um, so please get ready. Uh, but no, we're gonna we're gonna move on into our recommendations that we provide at the end of each show, uh, and and you know I, I was thinking about it and and really. Yeah, because you know Danny and I kind of talk to Keegan sometimes. He's getting older, and we talk to him about being an adult sometimes. And um, we're like, honestly, Keegan, you know, adults really have no idea what they're doing either. Like we just, you know, kind of have an inkling of an idea, and we hope we're right. And uh, you know, we, we we just kind of listen to each other and and uh, hope that the person that we're listening to knows what the hell they're talking about. Uh, and that's what I feel about recommendations. You know. Uh, we're, we're just sharing, you know, our hopefully helpful advice, and uh, hopefully it makes your life a little better. So, with no further introduction, uh, we'll start off with Tony's recommendation, which is just, it's a great one. It is a great one. And I was tempted to put in some more yeehaws and yaws and rootin' and tootin's during the episode to try and hint towards it, but... Uh, it didn't feel right, but it was very tempting. My recommendation is Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, Rockstar's latest game for PS4, Xbox, and uh, not PC. So only PS4 and Xbox, I think. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, yeah, they hate they PC. I wonder if it'll just come out in like a couple years, because they did that with GTA too. It's like two years after yeah. it comes out for consoles, it's coming out for PC. I think they've actually yeah, come out with this one and said they're just like, no, we're not doing it. Oh, really? Yeah. They're just not... Yeah, so people won't get mad. Oh, my God. But, of course, they're still really pissed. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed, too, dude. I mean, it, it, it console, you know, ultimately, if we're being honest here, it's going to look the best on a console, and you can do the most customization on the console, so I can yeah. see why they'd be pissed. Sorry, not to yeah. step on you your recommendation. Right? What did I, I say? You said console. You said console. Console, yeah, Opposite. yeah. That's First the AL, and now he's got this. Guys, guys, if we're being honest, the Xbox 360 was the greatest console of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than any computer. Get off the soapbox. Oh, my God. Uh, Red Dead 2, very, very fun. I'm only a few hours in, but it's just incredible. I mean, it's super immersive, great music, great story voice acting characters graphics it's like the whole package i mean if you are even casually into playing games i do not have as much time as i used to to play and i am positive that johnny and joel are both in that boat of they probably have maybe three to four years where it's like all right i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna plow through this and this one is super dense but so worth it it is just so incredible i had a I was playing before we started recording the show, and I had a couple moments where I was like, wow, that is so awesome. It kind of uh, brings about the same feelings of my favorite Western movies, where there's an epic score cue, where the music builds and kind of matches with the gameplay of what you're doing. It's just, it's really, really cool. So I can't recommend Red Dead Redemption 2 enough. 
is it uh do you like it even more than i mean obviously you're super early but but compared to the first one it's it's tough to tell right now i i mean it plays kind of better i mean and that's to be expected it's been i want to say it's been like eight years since uh red dead redemption came out which is crazy to think about but early i would say no but that's just because i have the nostalgia looking back and looking back at john and the story that you go on in the first one with him but i literally just got to the point where spoiler alert i don't know if this is even a spoiler but uh john is in this game because it is a prequel yeah to red dead redemption mm-hmm. like it, it happens before that so he's in the game and i was just introduced to him and it kind of is a cool little callback and kind of explains a little bit of his story so i'm still super early maybe like two or three hours people say the story is like 60 hours so that's just yeah i'm just scratching the surface here but so uh, it definitely plays better so if people are worried about like oh does it really feel like a sequel yes it absolutely does it has all the uh, bells and whistles that you would expect for something that came eight years after the predecessor oh boy wow i can't believe it's been eight years oh man I, uh, it's I a root and good sorry. time guys yeah, it's 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 nuts. I'm uh, it's it's officially convinced me to uh, sell my Xbox One on offer up and, and get a PS4. Join the cool kids. Do it. <laughs> we can be in a gang. Hell we yeah! We can loot stuff together. Form a posse. We're gonna rootin' tootin' and lootin'. Um, <laughs> can we get so some cool. fresh and fruity too? <laughs> yeah, rootin' tootin'. <laughs> fresh and fresh. fruity. <laughs> Fresh and fruitin'. <laughs> Lootin'. Oh, man. More more tootin'. It's a lot of beans. Eat my salad with lots um, of fruitins. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, crutins. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yikes. It was a throwaway, but I'm actually more proud of that now. For the disgust I got that oh. oh, that was good. Okay. Go it's, down to my casita and because... sleep on a futon. Oh, my God. <laughs> end, end the show. End it. End me. <laughs> oh man okay well wait, i'll use that as my cue to give my recommendation <laughs> oh my gosh so i'm gonna shoot me in the head if you guys make one more of those jokes <laughs> oh man so uh we uh surprisingly enough this is not our main gig uh all, all three of us have uh typical well maybe not typical but close enough to typical office jobs to where we spend a lot of our time sitting down in front of computer screens um, so that, that inspired my recommendation. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've tried to put into practice in, <clears throat> in my own working life. Uh, and that's to get out of the office every once in a while. Um, I try to make it a routine thing. Uh, it, it helps me break up my day a little bit. I try to get my, uh, I set up some morning tasks to get done. And then I usually wrap up at about 11 or so. Or, you know, if, I, if I'm not done with everything I had planned, I you know, find a bit of a stopping point. Um, and then I go take a walk around my office parking lot, which is, I mean, it's a good spot to be, Kearney Mesa, San Diego. It's a, it's a nice parking lot to be walking around in. Some pretty good views out there. But um, wherever you are, if you know weather permits, because I know it's getting to be uh, kind of cold. We don't have a nationwide audience. What am I talking about? We're all in San Diego. Get out of the office. <laughs> Take a walk. It's it's something that uh, it really, uh, you know, you, you intellectually realize that it's, it's going to help you recharge and refresh a little bit. But until you actually just do it, like... Um, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that you can't understand as much on a visceral level until you just actually put it into practice. So, you know, take a walk. I like to give my wife a call when I go for those walks and just get out of that office mode and kind of let go of some of the stressors that have, you know, surely crept in by the first two, three hours of my day. 
Um, so yeah, that's going to be my recommendation for this week. Do what you can to get out of the office, whether that be going for a walk or, you know, eating some lunch outside or, um, you know, taking a call outside if you need to. Take a meeting outside if, if that's possible. Bring a laptop if you got one. Just get a little sunlight, get some vitamin D, get, get yourself out of that office every once in a while. That's nice. a great recommendation. I wholeheartedly stand by that. And when you said eat lunch outside, I probably bring in lunch uh, three to four days out of the week, but I make it a point to, we have a little area kind of outside where, and I don't bring my phone. I don't bring like any kind of distraction that can bring me back into work. I usually try and bring a book or I just bring nothing and just sit out there for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You got to disconnect because Joel, you nailed it on the head. It really does reset and, come like Wednesday or Thursday when the week has really started to grind on you, you got to take that time and just mentally reset. So wholeheartedly stand by that recommendation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I definitely try to go outside on my breaks and, uh, it gives me a reason to, you know, go drive and get lunch somewhere. Although that, 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 that tends to get expensive after a while. So. <laughs> um, yeah. And plus, I mean, let's, you know, let's not forget vitamin D from the sun is great for you. So Absolutely. makes you happy. <laughs> um, my recommendation this week is, uh, I, I was talking to you guys about it earlier. I couldn't remember if I had recommended it before, but it sounds like I haven't. Um, and so this has been, uh, this is a beer that I've really been enjoying lately. Um, and it's from Phoenix. I think it's from Tempe to be more specifically. Um, but it's from Hus Brewing Company. And it's their coffee Kolsch, which is uh, just absolutely delicious. I I really enjoy it. Um, it's been like my go-to beer lately because for like the last few years, I've been I would like go to the you know Total Wine or whatever the um, grocery store nearby, and they'll do like that make your own six pack and you know pick things out or you know go browse around. And I felt like more and more, and 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 I think this means that the craft beer bubble is about to burst. Is it was. A, it was just nothing but IPAs and like variations on IPAs, which is just not my cup of tea. Um, and B, it was a lot of just not very good tasting beer. Um, so I feel like it's, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of bad beer out there, unfortunately. Um, and this one is one that I consistently, like when I buy it, it just is super delicious, tastes like coffee, but you know, it's just like beer and coffee, but like it's a good. They, they, they do a good job with it, which not everyone, I feel like, can say when they uh, make a coffee beer. So, you know, kudos to them. Hus Brewing Company. It's their coffee kolsch. I greatly enjoy it. It's yummy. And I can find it at the gas station, which is uh, another plus, because all of a sudden craft beer is everywhere. So that's cool. Johnny, it's funny you uh, brought up this recommendation, because right after this episode wraps, I'm actually going to one of my favorite brewing companies down here in San Diego, McKellar, because one of my friends posted on Facebook about being uh, oversaturated by IPAs in the San Diego <laughs> brewery market, and the uh, brewing company we're going to does not have a lot of IPAs, and they have a lot of beers that are flavorful and use a lot of different flavors, and my favorite beer from them is a, uh, I'm not sure how you say it, it's like Weiss? W-E-I-S-S-E. Oh yeah, yeah. Weiss, or I guess Weiss. If you're from Weiss, Germany, yeah. Weiss uh, is a good Weiss. I'll let you guys say it, but it's one of those with raspberry and coffee, and it is delicious. Oh, that's wild. That's, an, that's so you've gotten me in the 
even more ready. There we go. To go to Johnny, I am stoked. I have never heard of McKellar, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, that's like an additional side recommendation, but I'm gonna have to check them out because I always appreciate a brewery that uh, isn't just all IPAs. They are very cool. They're from Copenhagen, but they have a San Diego brewery. Oh, that's legit. Okay. I like it. I like it. So, extra recommendations. Red Dead. Bonus recommendations. Get out of the office. Drink some coffee, Kolsch, and check out McKellar. McKellar? Right? Did I say that right? Yeah. McKellar This is one of the rare sets of recommendations Um, where you can actually do all three at once. Yeah. Yeah. You can get out of the office and crack open a beer. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, this is after work. You're getting out of... Don't drink on your lunch break. Um, or at least don't or, tell anyone if you do. Um, or? Or what? Uh-oh. Or, or just do it, Johnny. Or, oh, oh, <laughs> just oh. Kidding. oh. Okay. Just kidding. Or just... Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I for some reason, I thought you were going to go someplace else. I was like, what? Um... No. That is it. Yeah, that's right. Don't do it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't tell anyone. That's we're exactly. certainly not winking at <laughs> um, elbows right now as we say that. Wink, wink, no, <laughs> Listen. Um, so yeah, but that that is uh, that is about it for our recommendations, um, and that is basically it for this week's episode. Uh, of course, you can reach out to us on social media. On Twitter, that's it. It's just the one social media at Dads Talking Dads, and of course you can send us a good old email, uh, which is uh, the email address is Dads Talking Dads at Gmail dot com. Uh, let's bring back email, guys. I think it's the new thing. I think it's it's gonna it's gonna have like a renaissance soon. Email, <laughs> it's coming back. Um, emails and pagers, two different times, but but they're both I think gonna have a comeback at the same time. So. Um, <laughs> you lost me on pagers. I was with you on emails, but pagers, you threw me there. Oh, oh, I have a case for pagers that I can also make at another time. I've totally got a case for pagers. Um, next week's recommendation. Next week's recommendation. Pagers, guys. Pagers. I feel like Tamagotchis are primed to make a comeback and just sweep the world, take it by storm again on the, you know, I mean, the shit, wave of nostalgia yeah. for all the uh, 30-year-olds who had one when they were kids. Although it would end up oh being like an app. Like, it'd be like, there's, like, a Tamagotchi app, like, kind of like Pokemon Go, and then we all, you know, not we as so true, you know, but it'd be, like, one of those companies is, like, we're making a Tamagotchi app, and you can walk around, like, they would, yeah. Now you mentioned it it probably already exists, and it's just not going anywhere. (laughs) Probably, yeah. (laughs) Isn't that what Talking Tom is? That's Tamagotchi, right? (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> so we will be back in a couple weeks to finish out our off-season review. Um, you know, just just uh, even though the season will be over at that point, it'll just give you a little something extra, tide you over while there's no baseball. And um, in the meanwhile, stay safe, live a good life, be happy. And uh, that is it for this week of Dads Talking Dads. I am Johnny. I'm Joel. I'm Tony. I'm so glad we didn't talk about bat flips this week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is it for this week of Dads Talking Dads. Thank you so much once again for listening, and thank you to Tony for making the edits on what times I should edit things. This is incredibly helpful. Uh, other than that, have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you soon. Nice. Neat! We did it again!